So hello everyone, welcome back to the Tech Marketing Podcast with myself and my wonderful co-host Harry. Hi. With us today we have an incredible, incredibly exciting podcast talking about the immersive experiences that we've built for one of our most wonderful clients and certainly one that we are excited to be to be running through today just because it's also up for an award. So joining us in the booth uh, along with myself and Harry is, uh, is a few new voices, uh, new voices for you to hear. So we, we're joined firstly by Debbie Clark from our wonderful accounts team. So Debbie, say hello. Hi guys. And we're joined by Celia and Natalie uh, from Sigfox. So Celia and Natalie, first just to hand over to yourselves, like give us a little bit of background uh, about yourself. Kind of what brought us, what brought you to together today? Hello, everyone. This is Cecilia. So um, I'm um, responsible for the marketing and communications at Six Fox. Um, and um, really, what uh, brought me together is to uh, be able today to share with you uh, the incredible adventure that Debbie, Natalie, and I shared. Uh, around the organization of uh, our first 100% uh, virtual event uh, last year that was a great success. I'm very excited to uh, share this experience with you all today. And I'm Natalie, part of Cecilia's team, uh, and I was uh, working uh, hand in the end with her for this event. And uh, I, I could compare it with the previous edition, which was a real physical one in Singapore. And so it was just a tremendous challenge to go virtual for the first time. Uh, and I'm here to talk about that too. Awesome. I mean, I think, I think it's something a lot of our listeners can relate to, whether they've put on a, placed an event or created an event over the last 18 months or, or certainly been to one. Um, and of course, the big news we want to we mention today is it's been nominated for one of the best uses of event marketing and the best uses of digital event and digital techniques and technology. So con congratulations. Let's dive into the event a bit more. Like, Cecilia, what, what were you looking to achieve with this event? Yeah, so um, like uh, all of us, uh, last year we uh, really experience very challenging times um, and um, the uh, certainly the COVID crisis pushed us to rethink how we could engage with our um, operators, partners and then customers. So um, we really we were really looking at creating a, a virtual event to keep the interaction as spontaneous, dynamic, and direct, if you will, as we uh, we um, had experienced before. Um, so our main challenge was really to uh, try to reproduce virtually um, similar networking opportunities um, to a physical event. Um, and really, that was our first uh, objective and challenge, I'd say. I think that's absolutely key. Like, you know, I, and I've said this on many of our previous podcasts, mm. like so many events. Actually, one thing I've learned is some events are better off virtual. Um, but one thing that's always been missing has been that two way conversation. And so, you know, you, you just you just mentioned like it, it was important to to be able to build mm -hmm. networking opportunities in into that um, event space. And so you wanted to 
I guess not just engage your attendees, but also bring in your sales teams, your speakers, your, your most importantly, your sponsors and your partners. Um, you know, how, how did you, how were you able to enable that successful engagement across all those different audiences? So I would say uh, that this um, was the results of, of uh, a series of uh, uh, initiatives and, uh, and processes we put in place. Um, first of all, uh, very quickly in the design process of the event, um, we decided to go for a content mix, let's say, that would include live sections feature over two days on the main stage, um, recording contents to populate theme-specific breakout rooms. Um, we linked these breakout rooms to uh, special chat functionalities so that participants would be able to meet with the speakers and the experts um, after the live sessions. And then we had a more traditional, let's say, exhibition um, area that was uh, powered with text chats to maintain these uh, um, engagement and networking uh, functionalities. Um, on the other hand, internally, um, we really went through quite standard or normal processes for, uh, for events organization. Uh, we involved uh, our uh, speakers and sales teams very upfront in the um, stages of the uh, preparation. We had ensured our uh, management sponsoring support. Um, and we have put so much time and effort into the production of the content for the recorded um, uh, um, uh, sessions um, that was um, over three weeks, um, our main focus that has helped us equally to involve our speakers, our customer and partners presenting. And so we really were able in the end to create this teamwork, um, internal resources to Sequox, our partners and presenters together, um, team, um, and really working and sharing all together this experience and uh, often feeling that we were stepping into the unknown because none of us had uh, an extensive virtual event experience over two days. Um, and really this built that dynamic and alignment and enthusiasm, I would say, that that uh, um, supported the, the the event through the two live days. I, I absolutely love that. So just just to kind of roll back a bit there, because you mentioned so much stuff that we could dive into. You know, firstly, use a real mix of different um, communication techniques and formats, I would say. So probably some traditional mm-hmm. um, uh, recorded and live sessions that were very much one to many. Um, but then, you, you know, you mentioned a few of the, the things that get me really excited. Some of those innovation items like the spatial chat, like the text chat for the expo, um, you know, was it would you, would you say was it difficult to get consistency across all those different formats like how how did you weave the event across across all those you know quite different ways quite different ways to interact absolutely that that was uh, perhaps that's the risk that we try to avoid to disperse the audience um i would say that what has helped us was to uh, 
structure the content of the event, let's say that we have overall 60 hours of content. Um, to structure it uh, in clear themes um, that would support it by a mixture of live events and recorded sessions, um, uh, traditional presentations with a PowerPoint support and open panel discussions. And really, the I think what we achieved quite well is the balance of this content throughout the two days so that the experience was never repetitive for the audience and um, quite dynamic in, in a way. So, so it kept really the attention and the participation mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. And I think this, I would say, is a takeaway for uh, um, uh, the audience if you are really thinking of reproducing uh, a virtual event. This is something that I would suggest you consider that i absolutely love that and we we talk often in in together um about this concept of digital fatigue that we've all gone through um mm -hmm. i believe it's the the stats that uh, i was using this yesterday actually with with one of our other clients like 44 percent of digital b2b marketeers uh, suffer uh, you know with with overcoming digital fatigue with their audience and so you know that's we're all used to sitting on zoom calls you know we're on a virtual call right now um mm -hmm. it can be you know it's so important to keep changing the format uh to do that but i'm you know i, th I think from from what i've heard and it'd be great to, to dig into this that risk paid off so you know, do you want to run us through a bit of, of the results that you saw uh out of this event uh, absolutely so uh, one of the results that we have touched on uh, a little bit already it's really the energy uh, uh that uh, that uh, we produce within the team right and, and i would say this is in itself a result um uh, it really helped us create uh, uh, a new uh, dynamic push within the sales and marketing alignment and with the rest of the speakers. That said, um, what I was interesting for me was to try to compare um, these results related to this virtual event to other virtual initiatives that were more traditionally included in our marketing mix, like uh, standard webinars. And what I found interesting in comparing the two, uh, the two um, uh, uh, metrics um, was that uh, because of the content mix and uh, um, uh, different format of the content, in a way, uh, offered by uh, Connect 2020, so over the two days virtual event, we had a higher rate of participation and a higher uh, length of time spent on the platform throughout the two days compared to uh, our traditional webinar. So I would say that the uh, outtake for me is that uh, uh, this formula that we put together actually worked to uh, keep the participation and the attention and the engagement over a longer period of time compared to a traditional virtual virtual format. So you think it was the rotation of methods of engagement that was so useful because it, it didn't get as stale as quickly if you if you if you change it up. Because I suppose this is like real life where you know you'll be talking to someone and then you'll just kind of be like share a look with someone, then you're focusing on the screen. So I suppose that 
by just changing all of the by, by adding in more and more different ways of virtually connecting it's more similar to real life connecting which is going to be so much more varied anyway absolutely absolutely i absolutely love also your your comment here about energy i think that's so often overlooked in in b2b mm-hmm. there was a a quote that we had from a cmo recently here that said um that great you know really the output they're looking for is is a combination of data and incredible creative um and so it's so often to overlook some of the less tangible elements of a of a, an activity like this and so i i it's, cecilia i loved how you called out energy as being, being one of the key key metrics that you saw out of it because i think that that helps to just breed enthusiasm and, and breed and create share success inside a team to, to to keep moving things forward so um person that's something that that, that that i i think we should we should call out more as marketeers but if that that's kind of helped us understand how it was received internally and you've talked about some of the increased engagement you've seen like when you talk when you shared this around internally when you spoke to the other teams and sales teams and 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 board level members that participated like what metrics have they have they dived into and, and cared about the most we run a, a a survey after the event and i think that the survey after the results of the survey after the event so the feedback from the um uh, partners and the end customer that were directly targeted by the event, let's say, um, in terms of overall excitement that we were cre- uh, able to create around uh, Sigfox uh, 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 and our company at large, um, I think that was uh, a metric that they looked at. The direct feedback they got from the operators um, uh, was the second one. And then the um, ROI uh, that is more traditional and linked to this type of events, uh, meaning the translation of this engagement into opportunities and qualified leads uh, um, and NQLs, I would say, that was also uh, a, a third parameter that we were uh, very happy to put forward and and really this three alignment the uh, ROI of this type of event is generally um, is um, was absolutely uh, um, above the uh, benchmark that we could uh, we could um, uh, have before before the event and I think this is why even in future um, um, although we might move away from a fully virtual event, um, the flexibility um, that the technology-enabled event uh, brought to us in terms of tracking the audience, um, their preferences, um, extending the access to the content over several months after the end of the two live uh, uh, days, um, the um, measures in terms of the engagement um, and the quantifiable ROI that it has produced, it means that in some ways we are really keen to consider in future how to integrate um, uh, some elements of this, of what we have created with Connect 2020 in our future events and engagements to come. So the, the finished product had, had so many things going on. Um, was there anything that was taken out uh, in, in the process, was there anything that you put in? Thought this would be great, and it wasn't. 
No, I think there wasn't, uh, in terms of content or structure, anything that we put out. I think that the learnings um, are more in relation to the um, setup of the event itself. Uh, for example, we have been uh, focusing the um, content uh, production, the pre-recorded content production for the breakout sessions three weeks before uh, the event took place. And I think that this really, with a, um, now I can say that this was really too short notice. So I would say that if I had to redo uh, this event uh, again, I would I would definitely suggest to to build more time notice to ensure that all the changes and that there is more flexibility to accommodate the com the uh, content production phase. Similarly, for the platform, um, in fact, we went live uh, with a platform that was tested twenty four hours prior to the live event. I would say that. Um, uh, my suggestion would be um, to ensure that we uh, you test the platform uh, at least a week before the event to ensure that you build in the flexibility to readjust. But apart from these technical pieces that were very new to us, um, I would say that the rest uh, is a formula that has really worked for Sigfox. And I think that uh, uh, we really found the right balance um, that certainly is um, building a blueprint, let's say, for uh, at least for us, for sure, to for future events. I think I think it's 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 par for the course. I would say if that if that phrase translates, uh, Cecilia, to say you know it, it, marketing in marketing we're always running up against against tight deadlines and and uh, it's good to know we'd always like a, li a little bit more. But um, what I will say is um, you know with great with with risk comes the reward, and so making <laughs> that right. decision to to pull that platform in it may may have felt a little bit tight. Uh, at the time, but it's, it, I definitely feel like it, it, it's paid off with some of the results you've seen. I mean, I'm going to bring Debbie in here for a moment because Debbie, you've been, you've been quite, quite quiet. Like for looking at the other side from together's perspective, um, you know, what's, what's been your, uh, you know, we, we get a, we get the opportunity to see lots of these events across lots of, lots of different clients. Like what's been your perception of the, of the Sigfox event? Um, and, you know, why do you feel it's been so successful? Honestly, because of the teamwork with everyone involved, you know, working with clients like Cecilia, Natalie, who were on hand to review and feedback and um, give their input and opinion when it was needed. Like they said, um, there was a very short turnaround. There was a lot to get done in a very short amount of time. I think we had something like 30 web pages we had to build in seven days. Um, and if it weren't for everybody working together, it never would have happened. So to be able to pull this off successfully, it really was down to a team effort. And I don't think it could have been anything more than that. It's in our name, really. It's 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 in it's in together. But Cecilia, coming back to to this before we actually dive into into some of the event marketing questions, like what other opportunities and learnings have you taken from this experience? And like you know, to, to Harry's point a moment ago, like which ones, you know, which ones are perhaps what what's if we lift the lid of this? What what are some of the other other improvements you would make if you if you approach this again? I really think that um, 
engaging the sales team, at least for us, huh? the sales team and the content providers um, for the recorded sessions as early as possible in the process, um, I think is, is a plus. Is because, yes, we can, we can try to reproduce as much as we want um, and as we can real networking opportunities. We can try to diversify the type of content and um, the type of um, formats uh, to really create a dynamic environment. But I think that uh, compared to a traditional physical events where there are so many other elements that are playing, um, the ensuring the quality of the content um, for virtual events is, is really the key, the key part. And in our case, this was really down to the sales team uh, working very hard with our end customers and partners to um, get their buy-in um, and to really support us in this uh, in this adventure. And I think that this is really um, uh, what has uh, uh, made uh, the difference at our level. I, I, I couldn't agree couldn't agree more. I think that's some some incredible advice advice there. So I want to dive in to some of the immersive elements of the event because i feel you know this this is this is what's really stood out for us uh, together but i also you know, to quote some of some of the things we previously discussed on podcasts um you know i feel some events are, are, are better off um virtual and and can can be applied better off virtually and, and to your point cecilia about engaging the sales team i think it was key here to have this immersive element uh, to, to bring them into the conversation. So, Natalie, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you in here. Um, you know, th- this immersive experience it, it energizes new ways to connect with your audience. Um, you know, do you see th- these kind of um, virtual, interactive, digital experiences holding a place in the future of your B two B marketing and specifically your your events marketing? Uh, actually, uh, definitely. Uh, even though it was a context that pushed us that acted as a driving force uh when the when when we organized and when we released connect 2020 times were super gloomy it gave fresh air for everybody we talk about this uh, energy this driving force it also had a, like um i would say a galvanizing effect to everybody and we were on we were on webinar, there was had webinars here, webinar there. And so we arrived with this brand new uh, project, a two days, a fully virtual two days event with people being able to stroll around virtual booths, to, to walk around, to navigate, to attend keynotes and breakout sessions as they would do uh, in real life, to have a mix and match of uh, live session, recorded ones. We had this um, interactivity uh, with the chats, with the special, uh, and specifically the special chat. And it was really a huge space. Um, um, it took a huge space on our concept. Uh, and we discovered and really appreciated the perks of virtual events. I mean, we, we could reach a larger audience at very controlled costs. We could provide them with a very good online experience. Uh, 
in comparison to uh, webinars that even though they had glimpse of interactive features, uh, it has nothing to do with what we, we, we offered uh, with the immersive experience. Um, it enabled us to, to know better our audience, its behavior, its expectation uh, through our accurate matrix, through the detailed engagement input. Um, also for us and not the least of the advantages, uh, the content had a further, far longer life cycle that it's usually the case because we were able to repurpose some of the content. We were uh, able to broadcast it for a few months. We were able to see um, which was uh, the most attended, the most replayed session. So it gave us good insight on, on, on the center of interest of our audience too. Uh, so definitely discovering that, benefiting from that, we, we see uh, a huge space for hybrid events uh, because we also need the real uh, real life contact. And I think it would um, definitely be something that we are going to consider so as to capitalize on all uh, these benefits. Wow. <laughs> that, uh, where do I, st I mean, I can, ev everything like using, it's, it's so great that you've been able to reuse that content as well. I think, I think content reuse, especially from events and with virtual events, it becomes so much easier to be able to do that. Um, you, you know, if you're not considering, if you're not doing that already, uh, as a, a you know, as a marketeer, like you should be repurposing as much of it as you, as you can, because you, you know, you've got some incredible content. You've invested a lot of money in already, uh, for one side of things, but like you say, it allows you to almost do some intent monitoring based on which people, what, what people are replaying and, and, and so on. Um, we talked a lot about this, um, spatial chat piece. Like, w would you mind describing to our listeners, um, how it works, like how it allowed for some of this, this two way interaction? Uh, actually, basically, the special chats were room. We we had um, our uh, virtual, physical, virtual uh, halls were um, organized by uh, themes aligned to our breakout session themes. So we had four separate uh, um, virtual uh, special chat. In terms of organization, uh, our uh, the thick foxers and especially the sales team um, were. Uh, uh, staying on the special chat to welcome and meet all our visitors, uh, being operators, being end customers, being partners of the ecosystem or channel partners and so on. So to, to, to have, uh, these chats, as you would say, as you would head on, on a networking area on a, on a physical exhibition. And what was a nice feature was that you could put your picture uh, and you were wondering and if you went closer to a person you you were hearing correctly the voice of this person and if we were further the the sound uh, was uh, a little uh, further progressively so it was like real life when when you you could try to eavesdrop I mean somebody uh, and so I think that People never saw that. So first, there was like the gadget part of the stuff, the brand new uh, feature that they were so all uh, internally and externally super excited. And then the advantage of you're not typing. It's not another chat. It's just you use your voice. You have your face. You had your face on a video, not only a picture. You could. Ch so you are just like in real life interacting. I'd, I'd, lo I'd love that. And I think that's one of the things 
that that had been previously missing from virtual events before because you're right they would you were just typing or um or in a lot of ways not even able to do that mm-hmm. um and so just being being able to exactly as you mentioned there natalie like eavesdrop in on someone's conversation and then just have a natural conversation and be able to to, to be able to explore the event hall so i absolutely love that we you know we hear that your staff had a great experience in the in the in the spatial chat rooms like is there anything you'd like to elaborate on on how they found it actually yes they were all positive because um they were able uh, to network on a very very interesting way uh, with really interesting and key people for us and then it's a um it's a key um let's say follow-up facilitator uh it means imagine you're an uh all old-fashioned old-school event and you just have like a, a box where the people drop business cards well well and and so what after that you just you just take your phone we're in 2021. We were in 2020. We have to forget about that. So really, you had this chat, which was just a starting point for our people then to follow up and to go along uh, in at a time, uh, I insist on that, where it was not possible anymore. Uh, do people still print business cards? Is that is that a, is that something we no. still see? Yeah, exactly. Like no, what's, no. <laughs> what's a business card? What a, what address would we print on them nowadays? It's uh, you know, uh, we put people's home addresses like that. I com- completely agree with you there. And we, we've talked a lot about sales throughout this as well. So obviously, alignment with sales. I think Cecilia, you mentioned this earlier, was was absolutely fundamental to the success here. So what would you? Like Natalie, from your side, like what would you advise your peers to do to to better align with between the, you, the sales and the and the event and marketing teams in this case when planning an event like this? To team as early as possible with the sales team, marketing teams and sales team are just one team. They got they have to team all along, and we have to keep in mind that the sales are our first ambassadors. Uh, we work so that's what we did. We worked with them for the definition of the program, for the selection of the speakers. They were our moderators. They animated the special chat. They were in this part of this adventure they were in the boat since the beginning uh and and that's what we, they discovered the features the platform with us uh so i i really really uh, um encourage everybody to um to commit the, the the sales team really at the first stage at the beginning the genesis of an event uh, to tackle the challenges all together as one uh, and that's really a key key uh, thing we we collected from this experience i i yeah i think that's i think that's great advice and did you to cecilia you mentioned that uni you you uni tested the platform 24 hours before like did you get the sales team into the platform um you know before the event went live so they could experience it and understand how to you know convert leads and have conversations with people and so on uh through the tool or was it Um, were you quite were you running running up to that last minute as we mentioned (laughs) we kind of run up to that last minute um i would say some of the features that we talked about like the special chat or the text chat um we were able to 
test them um, uh, as a standalone prior to the event, but the end-to-end -end customer experience, that really experience to entering into an event exhibition hall and then attending a, a stage, a presentation, or uh, visiting the um, uh, exhibitor area, that was really experienced largely live on the day. Um, so as you said, you know, taking risks paid off, and uh, that was uh, our case, <laughs> likely. <laughs> no, it, no, it's it, it, it's good. Like I, I'm just, I'm just saying, seeing that as just one of those. Natalie, to your point, you know, get them involved early on in the process. Um, you know, I, I just. I see them being absolutely key to the success of, of something like this here. So it was just interesting to know, you know, even for 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 if you're a marketeer listening into us now, like you don't be afraid of taking some of these risks because because they because they can pay off. Um, but if you do have the time, you know, to, to, do spend the time to, uh, to to test beforehand. We're not advising <laughs> you not to do that either. Absolutely. <laughs> the um, uh, Natalie, but you know, so we we've had this. In, incredibly uh, successful immersive and interactive experience like where do you see the future events going now that we're looking forward to 2022 like what do you, you now you've experienced this what do, what do you see is coming next I, I, I think that the first phase in the upcoming months if the pandemic allows us of course because we are already talking about the fifth wave is physical events will come back little by little. I think that people are craving to meet again in real life, to align, to exchange, to network and to forget the bit, a bit um, this uh, uh, nightmarish uh, situation. Nevertheless, uh, after this first um, wave, um, I, I think that the market um, will prioritize formats, uh, hybrid formats, enabling us um, sorry enabling us professionals to get a better reach better targeting and better engagement and this can only be achieved by incorporating all these learnings and all uh, these items that we discovered by uh, going virtual you completely agree I, you know i would i would love to see i don't think i think everyone misunderstands the the term hybrid event a little bit i'm not gonna say misunderstand but i think it can be interpreted in so many different ways like how how you know as exactly as you say as we go back to face-to-face -face events how you how what's your plan for introducing some digital elements into those um uh, in-person experiences well i think that um you can target several um type of uh, uh people and audience uh, let's say having a targeted VIP audience that you go and meet in real life and then uh, address the them plus the rest of the audience on a virtual way uh, so that you can you can do something like that you can also imagine series of events with one appointment let's say that would be a uh, real life the other um, that would be uh, virtual and so on and and do uh, full cycles and capitalize on uh, on what you got on real life and also on the virtual part of these events but they are for me uh, the reason why hybrid is not easy to 
coin and to define it's because the only limit is imagination <laughs> i think that's a, a great point i i would love to see someone and i think they have actually used this at some events over in barcelona uh have you seen those telepresence robots those little they look like ipads on segways that go around i'd love to see more of those wandering around events so you could see so it could still be a physical event but you could attend it digitally via robot i think that's where i think i haven't seen any uh b2b brand really embrace that but i, could, I can feel that coming next year uh that you could dial into an event and and uh and, and move around uh virtually i think we have to uh to to clearly um carefully monitor what will pop out in the upcoming months because uh, there's a huge field for creativity I, and also you made a really valid point like we're talking it's the first time I've heard the fifth wave, but the you know we, we are we need to be mindful of the fact that we're in winter now. Um, you know, these cold months are going to continue for a fair few, and and of course the the um, pandemic that has affected us over the last nearly two years is going to play a part over the next four or five months, and so we need to be very flexible with the events that we, that we put on. And and your suggestion there, Natalie, of having a VIP in person a smaller concentrated group but still having the rest of the event virtually allows allows you to have that that flexibility so i think that, that's absolutely key um so b- before we kind of move on to some of the closing questions here like what what do you think's next for you and sigfox um you know wh- where are you taking some of these elements elements next so in our in our wish list, uh, and I'm sure that Cecilia will agree, we we would definitely love to have uh, an, an hybrid event as we just evoked to capitalize on all the advantage we we discovered. We we think that we don't right now. We have tested uh, real life event. We have tested virtual events. We just want the best of both. Yep. So now now it's trying to mix those two together. <laughs> Awesome. So just coming on to, you know, we're coming to, to the end of the podcast now, like, uh, but Natalie, just how, what, what are the two or three things you think we should live by when going into a project similar to yours? Like, what would you, what would be the learnings you'd like to give to our listeners? For me, um, the first thing is we recommend to ensure, uh, to have an internal committed sponsor, uh, for the event. Then, as we said, to align with the sales team as as soon as possible. Then align the sales team and speakers around clear guidelines. And these guidelines will structure the event and will uh, will make it professional uh, and easy to follow and will facilitate the journey uh, of uh, the audience. We also recommend to have a very open mind about new technology, new feature, be curious, try things uh, and enjoy yourself. And then um, keep in mind that it is not a webinar. Keep asking yourself how you could do the extra mile in terms of immersion and interactivity. I absolutely love that. The, you know, especially, of course, my personal passion is going to be new technology, but I feel, and coming back to this point of digital fatigue, you know, we need, we need to be mindful that we, there, there are so many better ways of interacting with people other than, other than webinars. So absolutely great, great point there. So Cecilia, just bringing you, bring you in, like why, of course, this is up for two awards. Is it two awards? It is, isn't it? The, um, do you think Sigfox and Together deserve to win the gold? Like what's, what's your view? 
Oh, well, I cannot answer other than absolutely we do. We do. Um, I, uh, look, I, I really think that um, we have, all of us, um, together, NCFOX teams, um, we've put our hearts and minds into creating a unique experience. Um, certainly dealing also with some unknown, as we uh, mentioned earlier on, um, and the enthusiasm and participation that we were able to generate, um, I'd say the natural flow of the interactions throughout the events, um, and also the simplicity of the customer experience. I think all of these things together, um, um, it's um, really surely deserve the gold, definitely. I, I absolutely love it. And if you, if, to all of our listeners, if you've not had a chance to experience the Sigfox experience with the Sigfox Sigfox experience. If you weren't one of their attendees, uh, then of course check them out. Uh, they're going to be from everything we've heard today from Cecilia and Natalie. I don't think this is going to be the last time they push <laughs> what's possible with with events. So uh, if you're in the market for for anything from Sigfox, definitely make sure you attend one of their events. Uh, but if you'd like to hear more about some of these different different ways of interacting with audiences, then of course uh, you know we do we, well. Hopefully you'll hear more when we when we win the gold fingers crossed um Absolutely. Uh, so, so uh, no it's it's been a real cecilia and natalie it's been a real pleasure to have and debbie cecilia natalie and debbie it's been a real pleasure to have you all on the podcast today with myself and harry um uh, you know we're gonna keep our fingers crossed for next week uh when when uh well when the when the award ceremony is so uh hopefully by the time this goes out we're no one way or another i'm just thinking i think this is due to go out next next week uh, I believe so we, we, we will just have found out by the time we publish it um, but we're going to keep our fingers crossed until then but thank you very much for joining myself and Harry in the podcast it's been thank a real pleasure thank you thank you everyone uh, same pleasure from our side I would say again thank you to the Together team um, they have been and you have been a true partner for us and uh, we really look forward to our next uh, uh, journey together. Completely agreed, of course.